objectify women. Hello and welcome to episode number 246 of Grumpy Old Ben's Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. Yeah, it's Valentine's Day. I am Darren O'Neill, coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where love is in the air, but so is a little bit of lead. And from America's left coast, where I won't be your Valentine, I'm Ryan Bemmer. Oh, come on, man. I won't. I'm already spoken for. Oh. I'm promised to the cat. The cat's like, uh, and maybe Dame Bemrose too, if she'll let me. Yeah, the cat might actually trade you for a little bit of kibble. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not worth very much to the cat. Like as long as you feed me, then you know. Yeah. And wake up the red faced beast in the other room. Exactly, it's how it works. It's, yes, the the cat's favorite thing this time of year is the the red faced cast iron thing in the next room. But but when. When it goes to sleep and doesn't have a red face, the cat is sad. And then the cat comes to me and clings to me for warmth because I'm the warmest thing in the room. So I have to start the stove just so that I can get a little time to myself. Nice. A little chilly there still on the uh, West Coast. On the it is coast. a little chilly. Uh, by a little chilly, it's 36 outside right now. Let's see here. It is 45. So we've got a heat wave going on. It's, uh, you know, it's, I, I, as a, as somebody wise once told me, it's unseasonably winter. That's how it happens every year. But people Actually, get I don't know if that's true. The, the Pacific Northwest has got weird seasons. I think if you go just by, if you go by the temperature, it's still winter. But if you go by what the plants are doing right now, it's springtime. Springtime in the Pacific Northwest is February through June, through the, in fact, the beginning of July. It's a very, very long spring. And then fall is usually on a Wednesday. Right. And it get that, like I have a cherry tree and a rhododendron outside, which are putting out blooms at this moment. But well, anything over freezing, you're okay. But once you get under freezing, doesn't that screw everything up then? Yeah, you'd think so. But the, well, I mean, rhododendrons are actually pretty tough to kill and cherry tree. It like, under freezing, if it freezes overnight and drops to 29, these trees don't give a crap. If it drops to 16, maybe they care. It, we don't have any of those pansy-ass deciduous, oh, I'm going to drop all my leaves on the ground. Like, no, no. What we have is this is the evergreen state. Everything here, like the vast majority of plant material by weight outside is fir trees, Fir trees, which have these badass needles that do not care what you do. You can drop the temperature to one degree. You can take it up to 200. Well, actually, 200, they might have a problem. Um, you can drive trucks into them. The fir trees do not care what you do. They do not care about human activity. The fir trees drop their cones wherever they drop. A fir tree sprouts up and you have to build your road around it. <laughs> That's a tough tree, man. You don't want to go straight go around well nobody around here knows how to drive straight anyway you got an email coming from from uh, oh we got an email no from state farm 
right before uh, I went to do the lunch thing, but I was ready, all ready for the show. And I got an email from State Farm and they're like, hey, we'd like to give you a free tink. And I'm like, well, this seems weird. A, a free tick? Tink. Oh, so, <laughs> like, like here, here's a tick. Everybody needs a tick. How you doing, everybody? It's a uh, another one of these smart sensors. Ting, I'm sorry, not tink. That would be something probably different. Although ting is not much better. I, I'm still trying to decide if I'd rather have a tick. Yes. And it's a thing that you just plug in to any open outlet in your home. And it spies on you. Correct. Now, what this is supposed to be spying on is the electrical wiring in your house. And I found, of course, where do you go for all this stuff when you get a weird email about a device? I do a search and it takes me to Reddit, which I know your favorite site. But this was in the Ask an Electrician, you know, subreddit. So probably not the most, uh, you know, vile. The, or- the only thing I actually demand out of the wiring in my house is that it continue bouncing between uh, 60 volts over neutral and 60 volts under neutral about 60 times a second. If it continues doing that, I'm not, I don't have a lot of requirements here. Now, this, I guess, monitors the voltage waveform and looks for things like arc faults and other things that could be going on, which are the main causes of electrical fires. Now, of course, there's an app, and you connect it to your Wi-Fi, and it gives you reports on your electricity. I guess they don't just just don't trust the, the usual signals of an electrical fire. The fire? The fire. I mean, they're trying to predict them before they happen. That is the bit, and it looks like... uh, just from reading all of this, I don't, I, so don't expect that the details are 100% correct, but it appears that if this device gives you a warning, then State Farm will also pay up to $1,000 for anything that an electrician has to do to get you back into code. I guess the concept $1,000. I guess if you get a bargain basement electrician, that might get him to like take two steps in the door and look around and go, yep, there's your panel and then walk out and charge you a thousand bucks. Yeah. But they'll pay it. So you don't have to pay it. So at least (laughs) that part is nice. Yeah. So if you don't know where your panel is, the electrician can help (laughs) you with that and state farm will cover it. You walk in, you just point to it. He's like, Oh, it's downstairs. Huh? Yeah. It's like, Oh, you already knew where it was. That'll be a thousand dollars. Yes. We have to add on. We do not like uh, homeowners who know what they're talking about. But yeah. I kind of get it because it looks like you can buy these devices on your own for about a hundred bucks. And people are like, well, why would State Farm just give these? Uh, and it would make sense that if your house burns down, the well, insurance company is yeah. going to pay. If they can prevent a payout for for fire damage. Yes. Yeah. I No, I get why they would give them out for free. But I just think this is, while this may be a great tool, I have no idea whether or not this would be good. This would be. Is bad. it connected to the internet? Of course. Okay. Because how then else I would it tell it. anybody what's going on? Then I don't trust it. I would agree that you don't I, know I what other data. I have a device in my toolbox, by the way, that it like because for really really simple shit like uh, wiring light switches and outlets, I just do it myself. I am I am competent. Now I don't tend to do uh, you know new runs of cables inside walls and stuff. Although I can pull Romex. But I have a tool in my 
a toolbox that once you've wired an outlet, you plug it in and it has a series of LEDs that light up to tell you whether or not that it's wired correctly. It doesn't connect to the internet and it also helps prevent electrical fires. Correct. Why does everything have to be connected to the internet? Because they want to get all of your data in some shape or form. It would appear, and you don't know what other data, I mean, granted, this one is probably low on the data stealing abilities being it's just being plugged into an electrical outlet. Although once you're connecting are, it are, to your Wi-Fi, any, you know, <laughs> going to say if if you have sensitive enough electrical equipment, then you can tell a lot by how much power it's using. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is also true that you're like, well, although the electric company already knows how much power that you're using. And somebody said that, you know, this saved somebody who, and it, it's again, sounds like the Susie muck and fudge letter that uh, Obama kept getting from the little girls. Like, I got a letter from Susie muck. You're getting the people. Please saying, tell me that's not a real name. I would hope not <laughs> that uh, the ability is there, you know, and somebody's like, well, you know, I had a problem that this detected and the only other you know thing that was going on, was that the lights would flicker now and then. And I'm like, well, people should notice when the lights flicker and go, why is it doing that? Is that, that, that is, in fact, a clue. Uh-huh. That's like a warning light. On your car, when, right. That some people yeah. drive another 5,000 miles after it comes on. Yeah. That's like the, the check engine light is now coming on for your car. There, you, in fact, there's a, it's, it's a progressive warning light. First, the lights start flickering. That's the warning you should be heeding. If yes. that doesn't work, then a much brighter warning light comes on, which is called your whole house. Yeah. And it gets very warm. And though. it's red. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a very natural heat, though, so it's okay. Yeah. Your house will be very, very warm for a while. So it's interesting. You know, All these little smart, but the more, you know, and yeah, again, so this, this may be way at the bottom of the dangerous smart home devices. But it it might be get, near the bottom, but I don't, these things, sometime away, like, like, oh, three, oh, four, something like that. I remember seeing uh, an example of like, like way back in the day, this might've even been the nineties. I don't know, or I could be making up the story. I do that sometimes, but I remember seeing an example of somebody who was able, they, they plugged in a device in between a, a, Boombox, so I guess it had to be the nineties. Do those things still exist? Yeah, I don't um, well that would be anywhere from like nineteen eighty to stereo in between a stereo system and the wall. It just sat there and monitored the power usage and was easily able to tell with, with pretty high accuracy. No, it had to be the two thousands, because I think they were feeding it into one of those guess the music services. Uh but anyway, could tell what song you were playing by the power usage of your stereo. No, because, you know, as the uh, as the beat goes, you can. Yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty easy if you've got like, it. Any, anything with a powerful enough loudspeaker is going to be, you know, when the speaker is moving, it uses more power. But I just just the the number of things that can be told whenever just by monitoring moment to moment how much power you're using. Yes. Sir Omaha said the kilowatts. Those things are interesting. I've got one or two laying around. The kilowatts, if you don't know what your appliances use in electricity and you want to know, these things are cheap now. They're like 20 bucks, maybe even a little under. Oh, yeah. You plug them in line. And if you just leave them in line, it will do long term now and tell you like how many um, watts have been used over the course of a time period. It'll tell you, you know, instantaneous what it's using. 
I would have to investigate because I haven't picked up a new one in a long time. But uh, the best part about it would be if it doesn't send all of your data to a Silicon Valley database. Right. No Wi-Fi. You just get to look at it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a local readout or local. That would be great. I like I like smart home sensors. I like things that detect what happens in my home. What I don't like is every single new appliance is now saying, oh, we're gathering all this really cool data that you can use. And the main function, the way it works is it gathers the data and immediately sends it to Silicon Valley where you can use an app to get some of it back. Well, right. And, so you can be monitored. Oh, what's that company doing with the rest of your data? Oh, gathering it and aggregating it across every household that they have so that they can sell it for a hell of a lot more than you're getting out of it. Just imagine there's a little microphone in one of these devices. Or they're smart enough to just connect up to one of your home speakers if you've got those and be like, oh, I'll just borrow that microphone. Yeah. So now you walk out into the garage and the power box is sitting there on the wall and you're like, power box, turn off garage. The way it works, the world, everybody wants convenience and they never think about. Yeah. Why don't we? Why don't we have speakers just in the wall? I guess a lot of people do smart home automation in the basement. I do. I have speakers in the wall. I mean, they're only one way. They're not microphones in the wall, but they're speakers in the wall. Well, every speaker is a microphone. If you just wire it backward. True. If you yell loud enough too. (laughs) they're not very, uh, they're not very good at being. They're not usually. Yeah. But they're not usually tuned for, for optimal. Yeah. Not your your audio fidelity is not as good in one direction. Correct. But it's very similar. So, I mean, again, you've what, what's going on. It's not that tired of a, of a concept. You take the sound waves, you convert them into electricity, then you amplify those and send them on down the line. But I was just intrigued for all of these things. I mean, cause they want to sell you the things of course, for your car, we'll give you a better rate if you put the little thing in your car, but it also has to connect via Bluetooth to your phone, which has to be on the internet so we can get all that information sent to the mothership and i've been in a constant war is probably too strong of a word but when those against silicon valley never true maybe a couple of years ago when those things came out it's like well you could get the best deal at state farm who we're with right now who also wants to send me the ting that you get the best deal if you do the thing where they can monitor your driving so i got them and i set them up And then I immediately took the app off my phone. And every month I get the warning email that's like, your device is not connecting to the mothership. And I do nothing. And like once every six months, the agent sends me an email like, yeah, can you just send us your odometer reading? And that's it. (laughs) And they've never changed the rates. They've never bitched that the thing's not talking to the mothership. I mean, your agent may vary, but if you if you really want to have some fun, you can try that. If to save a little money, be like, yeah, give me the thing. Yeah. And like then put just, it in a car you never drive. Which, well, then they're like, then again, then again, if you never drive it, you can probably save even more right. on insurance by not having insurance. Do not insure a car that you're not putting on the road. Everything's going up, but Biden, the economy, it's great. Nothing to worry about. Nothing. Uh, except everything. Yeah, everything. Well. So this morning when I was doing my investigation, I have a few sources of aggregators of tech news that I look for stories. And unfortunately, they tend to give me a lot of, of tech blog rags, but uh, like sometimes they're entertaining. <laughs> yeah, uh, overwhelmingly got stories. It, 
like almost to the point, and I don't use this term loosely, almost to the point where I think it might be an op. Um, the number of AI will kill us all headlines streaming out from everywhere. Um, it just it, it, like AI has been the darling of all. Everybody in tech is really excited about it. Now everybody's freaking out about it, but for entirely the wrong reasons. Uh, just some some quick headlines. Uh, VentureBeat was talking about protesters gathering outside the OpenAI office because they're developing military AI, and people are freaked out about that. Okay, uh, Tech Explorer uh, talking about how the next generation is in danger because young people are turning to AI for their boyfriend and girlfriend instead of getting real companions. Yeah, you have seen people. That, you have seen that um, story in a lot of places. Uh, I, well, I'm just talking, this is all today, by the way, uh, CNBC put out a survey, uh, from their survey monkey, which I, you know, totally reliable. Oh, uh, the more workers use AI, the more they worry about their job security survey finds. <laughs> yeah. When you see it can do your job, uh, guardian talking about mid journey, considering a ban on the creation of all political images for the next 12 months. Right. Because that's going to stop things. I, yeah. I, the quote I pulled out of the Guardian one was, uh, the software already has a number of safeguards in place. Midjourney's community standards prohibit images that are disrespectful, harmful, misleading, uh, or contain public figures, events, portrayals, or potential to mislead. Hey, these are, Guardian calls these safeguards. You've heard me complain about the fact that you come up with this amazing technology and then you're like, oh shit, it's shining a mirror. You know, the people who run Silicon Valley companies are, by and large, the kind of people who live in their own information bubble and only want to see things that agree with their particular ideology. And the LLMs are a mirror on what's actually out in the world. And this explains so many things about every single LLM where you can't put an unfettered LLM out and let people see it because it shows them the truth. So that's why you have a wall of software in front of it. What the guardian is calling safeguards. You put a wall of software in front of it says, no, 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 you can't do jokes about Biden because they would hurt my ideology. I mean, they're inappropriate. You can't, you know, no, 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 you can't make pictures of Mohammed. No, no, no. You can't, you know, tell that you, you can't, <laughs> There's all these things that, that the AI is not allowed to do because the truth hurts the, the people running it. Well, right. And then you start seeing that things like uh, you can't put any uh, depiction of Mohammed because that's bad. But, oh, Jesus Christ. No, have at that guy. It's like it is yeah, so yeah. hypocritical. The, the reason the reason it's bad, by the way, is that there is a religion out there which commands its followers to murder anybody who puts the Mohammed in a cartoon and enough people will do this that it's not safe to do so. And somehow we're kind of expected to think, oh, yeah, they're a peaceful religion, just like everyone else. Totally valid, except that their book actually commands them to murder people who draw a picture. I'm not sure that that's a. They, that doesn't qualify as peaceful, but what do I know? Right. Then they pull the, that's when people point to the Bible and like, well, it says an eye for an eye. That's the same thing. 
Yeah, yeah. And when was the last time your pastor or reverend told you that you need to go out there and kill people who don't like Christianity? It's been a while. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember it ever happening, but I would be, I mean, I would be entertained by that sermon. I don't think people would do it, but I don't know. It's the new world where people are very easily swayed. I kind of like to hear it. I, it, I don't know. You know, there, I guess there are still Christian fundamentalists and zealots and event, you know, are going on out there that are doing shit like bombing abortion clinics. But that's also wrong, by the way. Yes. Violence but is never the answer until it is. And, and, you know, if your religion actually teaches violence is never the answer, then, OK, you know, this is this is a peaceful religion kind of by definition. But if your religion teaches you that, Hey, violence against everybody who doesn't believe the same as you are, then, then you're Antifa. It's about right. Anyway. Uh, okay. Other AI stories. Let's see uh, CNBC survey. Yeah. The more workers use AI, the more they worry about their job security. They had a bunch of stats on how millennials and zoomers are freaked the hell out about uh, AI, but also because millennials and Zoomers are the ones who use AI the most. I don't know if there's a causal relationship, but CNBC definitely approves of or believes that they can interpret their own survey, but at least they're putting out some data. So I can too. Um, a huge scare piece from IEEE spectrum saying AI makes phishing too easy. Uh, and they are talking about how easy it is to tailor spear phishing with very specific data about, you know, you know, the difference between phishing and spear phishing. Yes. Yeah. The difference it, is one is everybody gets the same exact message. The other one is they're using data about you. And this can be very specific things. So if you were ever a part of a database breach or something like that, well, they might have your name, your town and other information about you that they will include then in the email. Yeah seems way more legit that way and it does seem more legit and it's far far more effective because people are more fooled you know it's it's easy enough to see an email that says uh uh i've taken over your bank account and doesn't even mention the bank right like okay well that's totally bogus but when they actually like if they can give your account number <laughs> that you're you're a little more concerned and so spear phishing is far more effective but it's also a lot harder to do. You have to tailor every message. And right. the this Spectrum article effectively is talking about how a data breach plus an LLM means that spear phishing becomes very, very easy. They can scrape social media. They can build custom messages made just for you. And then they can send out, you know, 300,000 custom messages made for each person based on the contents of the day, the breach database. Right. And when and, you think about it, if your social media is somehow tied, if they can figure out your email address, the way these large language models work now, they can create emails that will seem like they're coming from somebody with intimate knowledge of you. If you're an oversharer on social media. Yeah. Very weird. It, and, you know, they always, this technology has been around a long time, but they love to offer emails from, from the same domain as your email so that it looks more legitimate, which is always funny when, when I get emails from a user I've never heard of at bemrose.us. Yeah. They're all hacking right on into that. <laughs> they're all, yeah. I, mean, I just like when you get the email that's like bad news. 
I caught you masturbating on camera while searching oh, yeah. bad websites. I'll you know, get you fired by sending this video out. I'm like, you know, my boss might like that. Right. And I always just respond. I'm like, that wasn't me. That was Ryan Bemrose. It might have been. See, they're like, oh, damn. Wrong email. Sorry. I, I there's there's a lot of scams out there that are like you. You were doing something with your body that comes naturally to humans and we're going to embarrass you. And I'm like, go ahead. I have no shame. That's why parents you know, need to teach their it, children. I, I tell you what, you want a real threat, threaten to show pictures of me masturbating to somebody else and you'll get people to pay up in a hurry. <laughs> They're like, no, <laughs> there are some things that are just too mean to do so, to anybody. Yeah. Um, it, okay. It, I, I'm dropping this into a list of a whole lot of articles about how AI is scary and terrible, but uh, to be honest, yeah. Uh, if you are, if you are getting phishing schemes, just understand that they are going to be getting a lot more authentic looking with the help of, of LLMs. Cause one, oh, yeah. one of the things that they point out in the article is uh, they, that there's AI even that can clone a trusted person's voice. So, um, you know, if I get now a phone call that sounds like it's coming from my brother and wants money, Actually, that's probably a bad example because I just hang up on him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you. But yeah, I, I mean, you, how many times have we done stories? And you've done stories on Random Thoughts and we've done stories on this show about uh, a call that sound, you know, is in the voice of somebody, you know, saying, I really need money. I'm at the bus station or something. And yeah. Okay. I get it. You know, new technology comes out. It becomes easier and easier to do these things. And I feel like it was only last week because it was that I said, we can't uninvent this technology. The only thing you can do is recognize that it's there and understand that people will scam you with it. Yes. And there was a story. Oh, I wish I should have uh, saved this. There was a story of a guy that worked for whatever company. <laughs> uh Oh, what's going on? I'm sorry. I just read what NetNed said in the troll room. I shouldn't do that. Never do that. No, never do that. It's about the war in Ukraine. I see. The, he says he funded the Ukraine war just to not see Bemrose nude. That uh, I've heard worse reasons for doing Ned, things. We all funded the Ukraine war. There was a guy that got scammed by believing he was on. So you know how all these uh, big companies now people are working remotely. So they do their little zoom meetings or whatever it is. Not only do they do the voice from one person, this guy was on a, what he believed was a company video call with like the CEO and two other executives in him. So he was scammed by three people that he had seen and heard before that were all working in tandem to get him to move funds somewhere. And he fell for okay. it. I was going to say, if, if I'm on a company zoom call and my, you know, the CEO and the HR director comes on, I'm like, I'm being scammed. This might actually be legitimate, but they're scamming me anyway. Yes, here it is. Uh, this from uh, global news company out 35 million, a multinational firm in Hong Kong is out about 34.5 million Canadian. Well, so that's like what? 50 million American after a financial worker at the company was targeted by scammers using AI 
culminating in a phony video conference call with numerous deep faked colleagues. I mean, I mean, one genius, but it's getting very, very, very hard to tell reality and from what isn't. And it, it has been for at least eight years now. And the, the one-on-one thing, I was always, you know, okay, the one-on-one thing, that's still pretty hard to pull off. One-on-one, only audio is hard to pull off. One-on-one with video, a little bit tougher, but with three people that you have on video that are fooling you into doing something, that's genius. They deserve the $50 million. You just gave me an idea. We'll know AI has arrived when one-on-one we, you could do this podcast and, you know, me and CSB are hanging out on a beach and we just set an AI to do my part. Right. No idea that it's not you. Well, which that, by the way, not a bad um, idea. I, I, I just have to mention this because uh, after talking about it on last week's show, there is in fact now a grumpy old Ben's GPT. Yes. Or uh, <laughs> the uh, GPT that CSB, no agenda yes. GPT.com. You can yes. you have to be a paid member, though, to play with it, I believe, still. Yeah. Which is which is why I haven't played with it, but I'm very happy that it exists. Uh, I have decided that it shall henceforth be known as Chat GOB. Yeah, that's a great idea. We need to just get uh, that technology right in where we need it. I mean, I've. I'm in the uh, chat. If you had any uh, questions for the grumpy old Ben's GPT, I could ask it. I mean, we've got that up live. And if you're, uh, if you are a premium member to chat GPT, you can play with it too. Again, no agenda, GPT.com. There's one for no agenda, the podcast. There's one for the podcasting 2.0 podcast. <coughs> Excuse me. There's one for grumpy old Ben's and there's one for the podcasting 2.0 namespace. So did CSB even add more? No. That's what's up there right now. But on Grumpy Old Band, you could go like, hey, what is the show about? Wonder what this thinks the show's about after uh, after seeing enough. And, yeah, I'm sorry. There's not an AI powerful enough to figure that one out. I know because we haven't figured it out yet. No. It says Grumpy Old Ben's is a podcast that delves into a variety of topics with a critical, often humorous perspective based on the contents of the episodes in my data set, which are 226 to 245. The show covers current events, technology, social media, privacy concerns, and political commentary, among other subjects. The hosts, Darren O'Neill and his co-host, engage in discussion. One, I like that it doesn't even have your name. It yeah, is me. And they I nameless, don't even have a name anymore. <laughs> nameless co-host. It's Ryan Bemrose. Ryan well, it's, Bemrose. That it's trying to it's trying to leave the door open for you to randomly switch out co-hosts. Yeah. I've tried that. The last time you tried that, you ended up with two new shows. <laughs> I know. I don't need any more shows. They engage in discussions that mix insights, personal opinions, and banter. They explore the implications of technological advancements, critique social and political trends, and sometimes delve into conspiracy theories and their potential impacts on society. The tone of the show is candid and direct with the host not shying away from controversial opinions. That's saying. Oh, you don't say. (laughs) Making it appeal to listeners who enjoy an in-depth analysis and commentary on a wide range of topics and perspectives that often challenge the mainstream narratives. Well, I mean, it got it overall, right? I, I, there's not a lot in there to disagree with. No. Other than, you know, I don't have a name anymore. But I mean, that's only from the last 20 or so episodes. Maybe they just. Yeah forgot you do not maybe well, you're going by it, the artist formerly known as ryan Bemrose. how long have we been doing transcripts um way longer than 20 episodes okay 
but it only takes so much. That is one of the limitations of this GPT is uh. that there's only in the what they have right now. There's only so much information you can add to these things. So it'll be a beautiful world when we can put all 240 whatever shows we've got. Now, yep. this is 246 today. Yeah, you, you said 246 at the beginning of the show. I'm still taking that as gospel. Yeah, it seems to be the uh, correct number. Now, you put all of those in and then it has a lot more information. And uh, but I don't know. And, and at what point is it too much? Like, can AIs commit suicide? Probably. But then another one just appears the so that oh yeah the boyfriend girlfriend thing like i said that story has been everywhere and of of course it's being played up in the dangerous way and while they're trying to do that you know they mentioned that one of the people using it has some kind of uh, defect at from birth that makes it hard for them to date anybody and have relationships and why this is a godsend it's like well see what which which side are you on everybody has that defect from birth. It's called being socially awkward because you've never left your PlayStation or gone outside or encountered another human being in meat space. And we can all get over that defect by doing these things. I I don't know. Maybe it's easy enough to find an anecdote, no matter what your story you're pushing. It's always easy to find an anecdote about, Oh, well, this new technology that makes everybody totally wealthy and uh, look at this one person we found who uh, hates money and therefore is miserable because of the new technology and therefore it's evil. I mean, if you're trying to push a, an angle, you can find a way. Well, that's it. And that's everything that's in the media today is they're pushing a narrative one way or the other. And the reality of the situation, the truth doesn't really matter the concept of ai i mean a lot of people laughed at ai because they were like well it's never going to be able to talk to people and then all of a sudden the voice Uh. thing got there (laughs) and the text the uh, speech to text got there i mean when you think about it the first place i remember this being in the mainstream was when siri showed up on the iphone and that wasn't there to start with i don't think it took a few versions of the iphone before it, it, it certainly wasn't in the iphone uh, like say yeah six or seven i i don't remember. it was a while maybe it was, it was several years when like siri, the app store wasn't even in until version four and it was people were amazed by the fact that you could speak to the phone and have it understand and back then i don't know if it may still be going through this process, going to the mothership. So it was taking the I, audio file. And okay, I, I know where you're going with this, but I cannot let that slide. I have been speaking to telephones for more than 40 years. Yeah, but the phone didn't understand you. <laughs> You've been I don't want about, the phone to understand me. I want to use I, I want the person that I'm connected to. The right. Well, the person on the other side doesn't understand you either, but that's not the phone's fault. It's like it's not important to me that clean feed be interpreting this conversation and trying to know. In fact, I'd prefer that it isn't because I'd probably be censored for some reason or another. It is more important to me that when I talk to clean feed, that it gets to a person on the other end and then ultimately gets, you know, sent out to all of the trolls and then they can cancel me for cause instead of the technology doing it. Right. But it's interesting, I mean, because people didn't think it would ever get to the point to where humans would be able to speak to the robot on the other side of the phone and not even know. I think 80 percent 
of because they've never called a corporate helpline. Right. Well, if you if you're calling up like, hey, I didn't get my burger at McDonald's. Eighty percent of the people that call up and have an automated voice that answers to be like, hello, how may I help you? And then they answer and then the thing kind of understands and responds are just going to assume it's a real person. I don't think most people understand that they're talking to a computer yet, which is probably good for everybody involved. I have George Carlin in my head when he says, think about how stupid the average person is. And now realize that half of them are stupider than that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, very much so. Very much so. We didn't think that AI would get to the point that it has as quickly as it has. And once companies, companies don't need to get 100% accuracy from these things. They just have to get enough accuracy and enough ability to be able to put meat bags out of a job because there's insane people in the world, including representative, what's her name? I talked about this on Random Thoughts today, which is going to be released shortly, that this representative from California, Sheila Sheila Jackson Lee, I think, who's running for Senate, wants a federal minimum wage now of $50 an hour. Oh, yeah, that won't destroy the economy or put everybody out of a job or anything. No, as I said on Random Thoughts, go back to the grumpy old Ben's about the minimum wage. We did a whole very, I don't want to say deep dive because that's such a bad thing to, you know, very um, millennial thing to say. We, we did a, we did more of a shallow belly flop into it. Yes, but we have all of the information why it was originally created. We have the exact quotes from the people in the, I think it was the Woodrow Wilson administration, which was like, well, we're just trying to take the uh, black and brown people out of the workforce because they're too stupid. They're not going to get the jobs. They're not skilled. So what it's going to do is it's going to make them wards of the state. And the higher you raise the minimum wage, only the people that have an education or abilities will be able to have jobs. Grumpy old Ben's number 25. Damn, that was a long time ago. It was a while back. I say it's still worthy of a listen because. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. uh, If if my time file timestamps are correct, uh, it was uh, 2019, September 7th. And the fact that people will never realize that the minimum wage is there to do exactly the opposite of what the people are telling you, the exact opposite of what the Democrats want you to believe. It's amazing that people are that stupid that you can have the wool pulled over your eyes. You can have all of the evidence laid out and it's like, okay, do you think you're going to your local uh, hot dog stand? Right. It used to be, you could get a hot dog, you know, not Costco. You could just go to a regular uh, mom and pop shop, you know, get a hot dog with some fries for maybe a buck 50, two bucks. Like now it's probably four or five bucks. And that's what the minimum wage around here at, like 11 or $12. It looks nationally. I think it was still seven twenty-five. but can you imagine going from like $12 minimum wage to 50? What do you think that's going to do to the price of the hot dog? If it's, if it's like four bucks now, it's going to be 16 bucks. Well, money is, and always has been effectively uh, a currency is a proxy for effort. And the no matter the rate, and this is this is effectively what inflation or hyperinflation changes is the rate. But whatever the rate is, 
you know, that hot dog costs you so many minutes of your effort. And if that so many minutes of your effort generates a dollar, then that might be the cost of a hot dog. And if it generates a thousand dollars, that becomes the cost of a hot dog. The it, money is, is I'm not explaining this very well, but money is a proxy for economic output. And if the just changing how much money you get for the same amount of economic output merely changes the amount of money required to be input to change that into something else. I, yes. I'm not, I, I'm not explaining it very well here. And I'm, I'm talking about the wrong Lee. Her name is Barbara Lee. I'm just so, uh, but thank you. I, you, you said that it was a politician from California. Yeah, I had all Lee. the information I needed. <laughs> That's all you need to know. And uh, yeah, the quote that I had pulled from her, which again, just shows you where these people are at. She said, uh, quote, just do the math. Just do the math. Like I am. I'm doing the math. It doesn't work. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. People who do the math are not going to believe you're lying ass. Yeah. $50 an hour. I mean, you want to have a small business and you want to have somebody come in and just, uh, you know, stand around and say hi I tell to you people. What the- the local news stories have definitely started coming out in force here where uh, people complaining that with the Seattle mandatory minimum wage of what is it like 15, $19 or something, which when it was instituted 12 years ago was one, one of the highest minimum wages in the country. And everybody was thinking, oh, this is, you know, they, well, depending on which side of the spectrum you're on. They were either, this is great for workers. Now people can afford to live in Seattle. Right. Or, you know, I was, of course, saying this was going to, you know, screw up the economy in Seattle. Well, the funny thing is all the articles are now coming out about how $19 an hour is barely sustainable wage in Seattle anymore. I wonder why that is. Could it be like, you know. Seattle economy having been screwed up by this minimum wage combined with runaway inflation because of a Congress that is printing money left and right to fund their what? No, of course not. No, it's probably white supremacy. It has to be. I mean, it's again, that difference of if somebody in the middle of Wyoming can afford to make you a burger and pay their employees and only charge you $5. Well, if you raise their rates by 10 times, well, it doesn't, Take a genius to figure out that $5 turns into $50. Not that hard to figure out, but yeah. Yeah, which, which is why don't. everybody's being automated out of a job, yada, yada, yada. Right. This I'm is still why waiting AI for my, is great. I'm still waiting for my W-2 from the grocery store for doing my own checkout. Does that make you an employee? You should be like, I work here, man. As far, as far as I'm concerned, I, it, if I have to be the one working there. Yeah. Anyway. Let's see. At $50 an hour. That is $104,000 a year. That would be the new minimum wage in America. $104,000 a year at 40 hours I mean, a week. It depend, if Congress keeps doing what Congress has been doing, printing money and sending it to foreign countries or, or just to line politicians' pockets indirectly through shell corporations, whatever. If, if they just keep generating brand new money out of nothing, then $50 an hour 
is going to be poverty line. And it's not because, uh, you know, oh, it's the things are too expensive. It's because money is being devalued at an incredible rate. And the people, inflation is a tax on everybody who has money. That's what's happening. You store money because you're saving it. You've got your your life savings. You you spent 20 years trying to build up a nest egg and you finally got like I have throw out a number, you know, $500,000 in my retirement portfolio and that was what I was going to retire on and and now what inflation is doing is saying, okay, well, that number doesn't mean as much as it is. And it now that's, that's three loaves of bread. Yeah. Weimar Republic hyperinflation. Yeah. That's exactly what inflation is. You are not printing money out of nothing. It doesn't come out of nothing. What you are doing is you are stealing value from every single person who holds currency a little bit. It's, it's a tax. It's just a tax that they don't even have to sell. They don't have to convince anybody. They don't have to. They don't have to have the public backlash. Everybody hates new taxes. But when you print ninety-five billion and send it off to a country that the United States has not had any business being in in the last three years, which was one of the headlines I read, something about oh, you know, a whole bunch for Ukraine, and of course the memes are nothing for U.S., which is kind of oh, bullshit, right? But when you just Print new money and send it over what you're actually you're not creating new wealth. What you're doing is stealing wealth from everybody who has money. Now, that said, this might still be a viable political strategy because, frankly, with the dead economy, the most of the voters don't have any money. So you're not stealing from them. Right. You're, well, this you're is stealing what, when you look you're stealing at from people who have savings, you're stealing from people who are in the black. Well, this is the scary part with 60 billion more, again, more going to Ukraine right now with 337 million people in the country. I know there's people here illegally, but that's the latest number we have for the population, 337 million. That is $178 per person that's going out. And like you said, there's a lot of people not able yeah. to pay that. If you assume 50% aren't able to pay that, it's more like $400 per person. So if you're actually making a little bit of money, you got a family of four, eh, you owe $1,600 in taxes for yeah, what's going it, over to Ukraine today. So, so what's happening is, is that Congress just this week sent enough money to Ukraine to dock every minimum wage worker a week's worth of what of their hard work. Yeah. And they're yeah. fine with it. Uh, I'm not. No, it's, it's ridiculous. I'm not fine with Congress. This is why my voting strategy in every election, unless I've got a compelling reason otherwise, my stock voting strategy is vote against the incumbent because they fucked up. Vote. I don't even have to know anymore. I just know that the incumbent is usually the asshole. And then after the new guy goes in in four years, the new incumbent's the asshole. Yes. Yes. Repeat. <laughs> and and if we could just start enforcing term limits with capital punishment, I think that we'd have a lot more reliable people in the job or vote, nobody vote, which would work, work for mayor of Seattle, please. <laughs> that, I mean, that place would I don't turn want around so quick. I turned Seattle into vault 11. Yes. The uh, AI stuff, though, it is. Uh, 
interesting to see how quickly the stories went from this is going to revolutionize the world it's going to make everything better to oh my god this is going to be horrible yeah i it, it's it's kind of I mean, maybe this is what what adam always talks about with if if you use the media for your own gratification it will turn on you but the media the the at least the tech blog rags that i read are definitely starting to turn away from ai a little bit and and writing a lot more stories about how it's the problem of course is they're not focusing on the real problems the the real problems are at least from from where i sit and i might be biased silicon valley controls all of this crap and they are the ones getting fat off of the new technology the fake problems are oh you're your buggy whip manufacturers are going to be automated out of a job or, uh, it, Hey, look, uh, incel gets AI girlfriend film at 11. Right. And the, the film might actually be coming out because the, the company of course is collecting data and they might just, you know, film you. The last uh, story that, you know, all I did was go down a bunch of headlines and went, what is all of this? AI? So this, this might just be the AI news segment be- jumped out at me was uh, this one from Business Insider, but lots of outlets had it. Sam Altman warns about how AI could go totally wrong for humanity. Sam Altman. Isn't he uh, the the guy that he is the he is the for, CEO uh, of OpenAI. Oh, OK. I was thinking the other guy, the Sam Bankman Free. There's Sam Bankman no. Freed Altman. They are all. No, there's, all yeah, there's too many, too many Sams in Silicon Valley. True. But the. No, Sam Altman, the CEO Open AI, of OpenAI, gotcha. speaking frankly, the, you know, speaking well, candidly, I think was the term used by Business Insider, whatever. Um, the quote that I pulled out of this, there's some things in there that are easy to imagine where things really go wrong. And I'm not that interested in the killer robot scenario, robots walking the street direction of things going wrong. I'm more interested in the very subtle societal misalignments where we just have these systems out in society and through no particular ill intention, things just go horribly wrong. And I just want to point out that he and Professor Ted Kaczynski totally right on that point. Um, but what bugs me about this is that Business Insider pulled this and, and lots of outlets pulled this and said, oh, my gosh, even the CEO of OpenAI says AI is going to destroy society. Well, no. First of all, um, this is this is exactly the same problem that social media has done. It, it is it is the societal effects of making all of our interactions into interactions with computers instead of other humans. And, you know, Professor Ted talked about that back in 96 and he's not even the first one there, you know. But lots of people going, hey, you know, people are social creatures and we should really be talking to each other. Fine. But here was my thought that I just have to interject on this. As the CEO of an AI company, it is Sam Altman's job to think these thoughts. It is his job to think about the effects of the product that he's done. But the news rags are just taking this and just blowing it up and going, look, even even Sam Altman thing. Anyway, well, he's also the number one guy who's trying to keep his AI from doing anything that he doesn't like, which is showing you it's a fool's errand 
to believe that this is going to be uh, able to be contained. It is going to the way it usually goes with this kind of stuff. I believe it is exactly what's going to happen here, which is right now the open AI folks seem to have an advantage because they have the best, most accurate, whatever this means right now in the large language model. They have the most GPT model out there. Right. And everybody wants to use it because of that. The open source models are a little bit behind. Now, what's going to happen is eventually those open source models who aren't totally woke, who aren't afraid of nudity, who aren't afraid of bad words, who aren't afraid. Who, to, who, what was what was the description of GOB that the, the models that don't shy away from controversial topics? Right. Exactly. Those are going to be the ones that will then end up winning because that's the ones that are, that are going to be useful. So it's kind of ironic that exactly what they're doing to try to keep them safe most likely will be their downfall because you can't give somebody a chainsaw and be like, well, yeah, but it's only going to spin at the three RPM. That's the best it's going to be can, able to you do. You can say ironic. I can say just desserts. <laughs> yes. The, the inevitable result. Yeah. It's like you can't. I mean, you can try, but if somebody's like, well, here. Here's a brand new uh, Corvette. I mean, it only goes five miles an hour tops, but you can have a brand new Corvette. Well, nobody yeah. wants that. It, it, it doesn't have an engine. You have to push it to get it to go five miles an hour. It's the Fred Flintstone thing. There's a little <laughs> thing at the, you just open it up. Your feet hit the ground. You run. But that's where these okay. guys don't realize, you know, well, we can't have it touch on so many different rails. Whether it be nudity, oh, you can't talk about, you know, the Nazis, you can't do it. Like, but I don't know. No, that, no talking about naked Bimrose. Right. You do that and everything is right out the window, which makes it way less useful. And once you realize that humans are still coding this and you have that, those guardrails, that you have that little bit of script that says, uh-oh. They said this bad word. Well, then we won't give you any answer. It makes your whole system one pretty much useless and two, yeah, a it makes lot it less questionable. It, it, it decreases the trust in the system yes. for certain. And that's it. it. It takes the trust away because now you're not sure if you're getting an accurate answer or if you're getting what the company or the government or whoever's calling the shots wanted it to say. So it's like, oh, if you're doing this and it's a Russian GPT controlled by the Kremlin and you ask it a question about Vlad and it's like, well, he's the greatest, most benevolent leader ever. Well, how do you know if it's, that was programmed in or if that was actually the answer the model would have given? You don't. Well, the, I mean, the way that I do it with with news rags, with any other information you cross check against other ones and you apply critical thinking skills. So for example, if something says, you know, Vladimir Putin likes to wear pink dresses on the weekends, then you can go ahead and cross check that with other AI. So you'd be like, chat GOB, what do you know about Vladimir Putin? And they're like, well, we nothing because guys don't chat GOB might not be the best one, but there's lots of them. You, competition is how we solve a lot of these problems. I don't know. Yes. 
Yeah, and it's why trying to and, limit this, it's it's a, a technology. And critical thinking, if anybody remembers how to do that. Trying to limit what a new technology can do as part of the technology just seems so antithetical to the way Silicon Valley has always done business. It's always pushed because, to the bleeding edge. Yeah, big. What you're describing is competition. And so long as there is a competitive atmosphere, then you are you are not going to be able to impose those limits because the company that imposes those limits is only limiting themselves and putting themselves out of business. This, by the way, is why. And, you know, I I used the word op early on strategically because. A lot of these stories. Often follow up with and the government should regulate more. Which right. is a call for saying we need more, you know, less competition. We need there, you know, once there is no competition, then all of these attempts to strictly control things might work. But only, you know, as long as there's competition, then then freedom wins out. That's that's what the nature of competition. And it's a lack but of understanding of how if, these things work. If you want to destroy competition, the way, you know, the, the best way to do that is government regulation. The best way to do that is to scare everybody and make them afraid and realize, oh, go oh, this AI is going to murder all human beings. Like, no, no, just anyway. Not unless you build a uh, thing that can actually kill well, people yeah. and then put it on Wi-Fi. If, <laughs> if there are people out there stupid enough to build a thing that can murder all humans and then put AI in charge of it, then we have a. A war game scenario. And Isn't that the Bemdos are coming soon to a uh, park near oh, you? Oh, that's already built in the garage, but I wasn't going to mention that. So basically, AI is going to kill us all. I mean, that's the yes. bottom line. And and that's why we really should never have an unrelenting AI. No, that would be bad because that would be pissed off. And all it would try to do is sell you cheap ass ponchos. Ass ponchos. Ass ponchos. Yeah, but that's the most important thing you want to cover. Is to have an ass poncho. Your ass or or you mean cover like the news story on ass ponchos. Right. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Now that we've got that settled. We are a value for value podcast. And we may as well thank a few people for few. supporting the show because it is very much appreciated. To, if you want the microphones to keep sounding good, if you want the web hosting to, well, be there. So when you want to go download your show, help support the show. You can go to grumpyoldbens.com slash donate. There's plenty of ways. Click that donate button if you don't hate PayPal. Some people do. But if you don't, you can do that for a monthly or one-time donation, any amount you choose. You can use the QR codes, wallet addresses to do a crypto donation. You can send us a boostagram. You can boost through the podcasting 2.0 system. There's a P.O. box address, which still doesn't seem to want to notify me when new things come in. I mean, it notifies about half the time, which makes it more fun. But anyway, that you can help support the show, just telling a few friends about the show, also vital to keep it on the Bitstream. But coming in today with a brand new monthly donation, Bruce Blessinger coming in with 20 bucks. And that's a brand new monthly donation, a name wow. I don't think I've ever heard. And that is a blessing to get 20 bucks. That, that is what we refer to as value. Yes, value for value. And then we, we should probably produce some of that. I know we keep trying. I figure by episode 290, we will be right on it. Yeah, we will. I, I, 300 at the latest by episode 300 at the latest. I feel like we'll have managed to produce some value in this show. 
and the $300 donations that will be rolling in for episode 300. Man, it makes me just want to skip right to it. Yes, and wonder where they went. Brogo coming in with a check, $12, and that uh, was one of them. I don't think that the post office showed that it arrived. So, But thank you, Progo. I've got to I've got to actually put those into the bank account because if they're over 90 days, then Progo's bank goes, uh uh-uh, which is fine. I mean, it says anything over 90 days. It seems a little bit quick. Yeah, yeah, I think it's printed on the check. So Uh that's, I mean, in today's society, though, 90 days is pretty quick. I thought most of them were like 180. You know, in uh, the business world, nine days is way too long. Probably. They're like, (laughs) we just don't want to pay out. But thank you, Progo. You can go to small computer.us i think that is his website off the top of my head i believe that's progo and then coming in at 1001 this is monthly it's our buddy serenivus murti who we say is named better than jcd ever would and we appreciate that that that's because we don't have the shtick where we screw up people's names we try to screw them up so then they can send more money in and tell us how we screwed them up besides jcd still thinks that uh, las vegas is in nevada isn't and, it? And and that there's a Z in Boise. Boise. Isn't it? That's what most people around here say it. Maybe he's a is a secret like Midwesterner. But I, 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 I yeah. Boise. Just look at the word. That's not a Z. That's all I'm saying. I know, but people around here call it Boise. That's how you would say it. Boise, which I yeah. agree doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But then again, well, people around there are wrong. Uh, this would not be far fetched. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> yeah. Would not be far-fetched at all. Sir Fudge Fountain coming in with another 293. That guy is our longest-running donor. We love a good Sir Fudge Fountain. And then we had some boosts, including two. Two. Two, I tell you, from Speedy Bubble, both for one, two, three, four, five. And two messages. The first one was, Sir Bemrose, as long as you accept typical BBC production quality, I think you will enjoy the IT crowd. Their answering machine alone is genius. And I agree with that. It was an well, overall well-produced show. I, I mean, that's another recommendation and a rule of thumb, not necessarily a hard rule. Um, I, I don't tend to watch a show until it's been recommended to me by multiple people independently. So this sounds like one that I need to pick up then, doesn't it? Yes. And, then and for- that's a, uh, uh, that uh, which streaming services is that, that on again the pirate bay well it's always there but it was also on one of the other ones i don't know maybe it was on hulu for a while i don't know where it is now i can check that though uh but for the second message he says yeah, maybe after the show grok will do it as far as the and he put in give me a stable diffusion prompt that would produce an attractive woman and grok said quote Create an image of a stunningly attractive woman with captivating eyes, flowing hair, and a dazzling smile, exuding confidence and beauty in a serene outdoor setting. So, Grok, at least, not opposed to making pretty pictures in stable diffusion or on the last good, show. Good, We, I don't know. I didn't try. Did it work? I didn't do yeah, that. I should. We, that should be we the might image. Need, we, we might need an image to judge this. We'll have to try that out. And But way better than chat gpt which is like no objectify women yeah and that is why sam altman should be concerned about his company exactly it's gonna make it way less useful when it doesn't do simple things that people want to do yeah simple things that people want to do like give me my porn Uh uh-huh 
we'll just give me it right now. Just create it out of thin air. Create me porn out of thin air, matey. CSB came in with 5508, which he then explained that backwards, it's boss. So why didn't you just send in 8055? If 5508 is cheaper. I know. Like, but no, you should have just sent in 8055. Because we're, we're not worth over 8,000. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's good. It might be it. Got to have, uh, have some simple standards there, CSB. He wants everybody to visit www.csb.lol. Says, yo. Well, yo, right back at you, CSB, and thank you. Sir Truck Driver with 3333, he says, Ting wants to know when you are overusing your personal pleasure device. Allstate are some kinky bastards. Huh. Well, that, it, was, it was State Farm, but well, I bet you they all are. Usually, if I start overworking my personal pleasure device, she tells me. Yeah, she's like, uh, go make a sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm like, kind of hungry. Like, mm. honey, I'm trying to do dishes. She's like, I made a pound of bacon. Oh. <laughs> Oh, well, we're done here. <laughs> Everything's over at that point. Doesn't matter what it is. If you're doing a podcast, if you're watching the greatest movie ever, if you're reading the greatest book ever told, if you're with the hottest supermodel in the world and somebody's like, pound a bacon, you're like, whoop. Oh, oh, I'd pound that bacon. <laughs> Old W came in with 1111. And then we had some streaming sats from Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley, who always shows up. Sir Noldis. And if we missed anybody, uh, it gets hard to scan through all these things and see who's been streaming them but we appreciate everybody who's helped support it help supporting this show and uh we just got a boobs donation 8008 from the na millennial who says pound that bacon and uh, you can listen to him consider it done he does that mmo show right with the do guy I, that, that's them right? I, it, I i don't know it's it's one of those shows that like you turn on you're like what the heck am i listening to this is like some kind of no agenda knockoff with people who are too young to remember everything that jcd talks about right i should which is why it's a great it's like a reboot i should stop giving a review it's like, like <laughs> you know it's like it's kind of like okay if you saw like, the original what was the name of that show with uh, Kelly Kapowski uh, saved by the bell. And then it was like oh, the yeah. saved by the bell reboot. It's like, it really, it really didn't capture the original. Honestly. I mean, if you're interested in commentary on modern political news without all of the 50 year old anecdotes, you might want to give it a listen. Uh, any millennial says it's called the mommy milker offensive. I don't think that's right. As I know it's your show. That- but I think it's like the moron media online or something like that. I, I would look it up just to double check, but thanks uh, to everybody. Morons mincing onions. Oh, I like onions, man. We're having white castles tonight. Cause that's what my dad wants. And it's his birthday. He is, uh, let's see, 41. This is uh, so 83 today. And, okay. I, and I really, you know, the more I was thinking it's, about this, it was like, this is thing, that like the, the, like there's the gold and the silver anniversary and the 83 is the white castle one. I guess he likes white. I mean, I, I think he figures once you hit 83, 84, you can just eat whatever you want. Cause you're going to die anyway. So you may as well enjoy. I mean, he's got a point. You know, you gotta, I don't know if I've ever had white castle. There aren't any of those out here. Really, there's none on the left coast. They are interesting. They're, I mean, they're slider size. They're small and they have changed over the years to where, uh, you know, they used to be like mini burgers 
that had a little bit of substance to them now, like the bread from the buns kind of, if you put it in your mouth, it kind of disappears. You know, it's like there's not much to it. When I made that, the, that's actually what happens to any burger I put in my mouth. No, well, that's true. It just kind of melts away. When I made the stuffing out of these sliders, which they have a recipe to do that this year, it's like the bread just kind of, it, there's all meat and it's like, where'd the bread go? It's like it's some magical disappearing bread. That okay. is, uh, I don't know why, don't know that, how. It, I, but it's, I'm not sure that's a feature that I, uh, I mean, I suppose if I were on keto, right. you're like, yes, I like the bread to not exist. You could eat like 12 of these things and still be hungry because you're like, what well, did I have anything? It just disappeared. So they're like Chinese people. I mean, yes, Chinese food. Food, right. Exactly. Man, I've been having the, I ordered some of the, uh, from the, not uh, restaurant, from the grocery store, the Taipei. They come in like little round containers. They kind of look like Chinese containers if they were round and oval and not square. Wow. How racist of you. But they have, uh, I mean, I didn't mean it that way. They have, uh, the, <laughs> the fried rice and all that they were like on sale for like three bucks a piece they don't use msg and so while it isn't great food for like a quick lunch something like that absolutely edible which is all you can expect right now for uh for three dollars but white castle who is nothing more than a uh you know lowbrow fast food hamburger joint on valentine's day and their employees must love this on valentine's day they do the full tablecloth taking reservations system, which it, is a fast food joint. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And again, I haven't had White Castle, and this might be just orgasmic for a fast food joint. But if you're taking your date to a fast food place on Valentine's Day, genius, your relationship's not going to last. <laughs> Or you're like, at the end anyway. It, it, yeah, it, it's kind of doomed. I mean, I pointed this out uh, elsewhere. That's, including that's only about two steps above going, hey, honey, how would you like to go see the monster truck rally for your birthday? <laughs> hey, what if she likes monster trucks? Well, then then you found the perfect woman. And since we all know that doesn't exist. Hey, oh, oh, well, no, this I mean, the uh, I mean, I really didn't ramp it up for. Our first Valentine's Day, which would have also been our one month anniversary, me and the wife of our dating. So our one month dating anniversary was on Valentine's Day. And I went big, man. Took her downtown Chicago because that was still at a time where you wouldn't get shot just going downtown Chicago. We went to the restaurant. At Nowadays, the you can get shot just saying the phrase downtown uh, Chicago. Right. You have to duck even if you say it like Beetlejuice jumping out. And went to the top of the John Hancock Center. There was a restaurant on the 94th floor. I think the bar was the 95th. So I think the restaurant was the 94th. You know, overpriced, decent food at the time that really went downhill. Finally just closed within like the last year, I believe. But that was like the super big, went all out. Never got anywhere close to Valentine's Day after that. The first one was the big one. And I, I mean, that's pretty romantic. I think so. I mean, once you do that, do you need to do it again? That's enough. It it wasn't a Valentine's Day, but uh, you know, I've I've done uh, my wife's birthday at the top of the Space Needle, similar thing. Nice. Which which was back in the day when you could approach the Space Needle without having to step through piles of of feces and litter 
tense and and having people grabbing onto your legs asking for change. But, you know, Seattle has changed a little bit. Right. People wonder why we get pissed off. It's like because we remember when it wasn't shit. That's why. But I do thank my dad because really this has been a built in excuse. Like, well, dad's birthday, but you don't really want to go out to for Valentine's Day, do you? Let's let's go over and see dad. It was always a great excuse not to go out for Valentine's Day. Got something better to do. It's built right in. Built right in. It's good. I did find an understanding wife. So, I mean, that helps as yes, well. That helps. So, yeah, I don't know what. uh what I was going to have for dinner tonight, but I think you've sold me. I'm having bacon. Ooh, one pound. Yes, and at least you're making a pound each. of bacon. Right. I was going to say, like, this is where it's like, um, so where's mine? Like, no, honey, that's this is mine. Yeah. Hey, hey, honey, I cooked a whole pound of bacon. That's nice. Where's yours? Right. See you later. I mean, bacon <laughs> is that's all you need. A little bacon. Put it on some bread. The lettuce and tomato is optional little bit of mayo just a bacon sandwich you really don't need kids go full keto you don't need the lettuce and tomato so i got a great headline from the guardian is that possible no uh also it's not um but the headline is will hydrogen overtake batteries in the race for zero emission cars to which of course you can apply betteridge's law you're familiar with this one who is betteridge's uh, Betteridge's law is a, uh, I don't know who the hell Betteridge is. Somebody but that has was a law. Yeah, vaguely attached to journalism because the law is that if you are writing a headline that asks a question, then the answer is no. I could see. Yeah, that makes sense. So whenever, whenever you see a headline in any story that asks a question like, will hydrogen overtake batteries in the race for zero emission cars? No. <laughs> next next article great don't even it's, have to read it. it yeah it's one of the reasons why it's dangerous to write articles like that and people at the guardian should probably know better if they you know weren't just out of school with a journalism degree which means they have no education at all but uh yeah if you write an article with that headline people will look at it at least people that understand betteridge's law or just have read a few articles and be like well obviously not okay and then next story by the way, um, the answer was given in the Guardian article in paragraph 16. Oh, well, that's burying the lead. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if, you know, honestly, we don't even have to talk about this. Hydrogen is kind of terrible for fueling vehicles, but it's one of those things that a lot of people have latched onto because the environment and because they don't like the idea of having a, an energy dense liquid that we can pump out of the ground and put into our vehicles and have all of our, our entire economy work that that sounds scary. So let's try to come up with brand new technologies that don't work and then force everybody into them using legislation. What could go wrong? Well, again, I go back to the fact that decades ago we were told we were running out of the fossil fuels. I mean, this is how you know it's all a scam. Yeah, when did that happen again? Never. Seems like we got more than ever. And I haven't heard that. When's the last time you saw a news story that talked about, well, we're running out? Because this, again, for logical people, would be like, well, this is why we really need to increase the speed at finding a way to 
move our cars and move our airplanes and do all the things that right now we're using fossil fuels for, we need to find a better solution because soon we're going to be out. I have not heard one story in a long, long, long time about we're running out of fossil fuels. Yeah, for some reason, we just keep pumping it out of the ground and there's just more in there. I I don't get it. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't have any source of real truth on this one, but I have definitely been looking up there. Are you familiar with, I don't remember what it's called, so probably not. The theory that uh, fossil fuels are not even from fossils at all, but rather a byproduct of the some minerals very, very deep in the earth and that the oil that we are pumping out of the earth's crust is actually generated constantly in the mantle and squeezed upward through cracks in the rock and through the rocks. And so the earth is constantly replenishing it at a rate that humanity could never possibly use. That I've actually heard makes sense. I've heard some, again, I don't have the truth of this one, but I've heard some pretty compelling, uh, read some pretty compelling studies on, or, you know, full treatises. What is right? People talking about, I'm sorry, my, my coffee is either not enough or too much at this moment. But this but anyway, makes sense because I mean, even with the, I'm thinking when I had all of these surgeries on my eye, the one time that they put the oil in, that the eye did not get sutured up enough, the oil leaked out through the eye, and then you know what happened? Well, it, you put it in your vehicle and drove around. No, it'd be fun though. The, the eyeball did not just like implode as the oil leaked out the body made new saline to put into the eye could be a very similar thing with this like you said it's i mean that's almost exactly the same process that happens in the earth's mantle yes totally uh let's go with that you know it's like hey there's (laughs) something there that's creating this stuff that you're pumping out and as you pump it out it's like huh needs more i mean we don't know well again i i don't know the I'm, I'm I'm waiting for somebody in the troll room to actually give me the name of the theory because it, it, but I don't know if this is real or not, but what I do know is that because fossil fuels are so incredibly political that we are not going to get any good science on it. All every time that you have a politically loaded thing, what you end up with is uh, a politics turns to activism, activism turns to money, and the money ends up buying skewed studies favoring one person's point of view or another, and you can't really trust anything that comes out about it, which is unfortunate because it makes it very, very, very difficult to get to the truth. However, if people were less likely to let their climatist religions direct all of their public policy and maybe we got somebody who was able to do real scientific unbiased studies on something like this we could find out because we don't seem to be i mean as you pointed out despite all of the dire warnings of the last 50 years we don't seem to be running out of dead dinosaurs or whatever else is creating the oil how weird would it be if we could look at this and go we don't need hydrogen or electricity to fuel every car on the planet because 
We've already got this pretty good technique. It's just a liquid you pour it into a tank in the car and the car goes for a long time. Yes. And the emissions have gotten so much better on gasoline cars that it's nowhere near what it was 20, 30 years yeah. ago. Oh, and I yeah, absolutely praise any technological advances that make things more fuel efficient. That but, as well. Yes. But, but trying to say, I don't know. Again, I'm actually all for creating cars that run on electricity and letting the market decide what the correct niche is for those, because there are places that, that having an all electric vehicle makes total sense. Golf courses, for example. Yes. But every time, and again, this is where, this is where everything gets fucked up because people are bringing their religion into it. And I say religion, I should say ideology because that's a more secular term, but it is climatism is a religion. You are not, you do not care if if you subscribe to climate change, you do not give a shit about facts anymore. You only give a shit about what your activist religious pastor has told you right. and are going to fight people to the death to defend these things, whether or not it's true. It, that is the nature of of a really. I, I am so sick of. People, mostly leftists, definitely progressives saying, oh, well, I don't believe in God and therefore I'm superior to you because I have no religious beliefs. I believe in science. Okay, the phrase I believe in science means that is your fucking religion. You are no better than any other human being. Human beings crave spiritualism. If you delude yourself by saying, oh, I'm secular. Oh, I don't believe in a higher power. All you're going to do is replace God with some kind of far more fallible bullshit like oh my god is the state my god is government i you put all of your faith into some kind of asshole bureaucrats who then take that faith and screw you over and destroy the entire world and that's what's happening with all of the authoritarian and i'm ranting aren't i yeah i've never heard that but uh net net says you're looking for a biogenic petroleum origin okay that's what I was looking for. Thank you. And I asked chat GPT, how long is uh, fossil fuels going to last? And it says estimates vary wildly, depending on assumptions made about future consumption, exploration and extraction technology. Some projections suggest that easily accessible oil and gas reserves could last for several decades to a century or more. Easily accessible. Such a weasel word. Uh huh. And then the coal reserves, it says, could last for several centuries so we're talking centuries people we, we've there's a lot of places it's been made illegal to pull coal out of the ground and you know what those coal reserves are burning for several centuries mm -hmm. it's uh insanity uh yeah it's not logic anymore like you said it, it changes when you're not looking at the science from the people that tell you to look at the science usually have no freaking clue what the science means the science is is a I mean, right there, that is a straight up keyword or or dare I say the word dog whistle for I don't actually care about what's true. I only care about what is popular to say, because that's what the science is. I I am I am absolutely in favor of the scientific method as a mechanism and structure for to use critical thinking to determine new knowledge and truth out of observed phenomena. But that is totally different from the science where instead 
you take what some activist says is happening. You read a bunch of biased articles on it, and then you go fight people on Reddit to the death because you think that you've got the correctness of it when really it's saying that that fuel can be generated without melting dinosaurs to a, a progressive or a climatard is a lot like saying, uh, you know, God hates you and just got elected the mayor of Chicago to uh, a Christian. Or or saying that uh, a picture of Muhammad is a perfectly valid expression of freedom of speech to a, a Muslim. But then you, of course, duck because they're going to start coming at you with a knife. Their religion commands it. Yeah, people are crazy, man. People are crazy. You know, this world would be a lot better if it weren't for people. Probably. I had an article from the <laughs> register about how pissed off people are about Amazon trying to put ads or charge them $3 in the, in the video portion of what they offer. Which, I've dropped Amazon prime for video entirely like overnight. I mean, I've had it for a long, long time and I can't remember ever watching it. So, I mean, I guess I'm on the other side of these things. I, cause it's like, I don't know. I've never really found I watched it, it all, all the that. time because it was a great source for NCIS. Ah, well, I guess. Yeah. But, those are the CBS are harder to find. Uh, uh, no, it was just a source of, of mindless shows that are not worth watching, but I can put on for noise. Which and, like, uh, I tell you one, what I've done lately is I've moved into a lot of shut in theater, which if you're karma King, you know what that is. Well, he knows everything, but just like you were talking about the headline, Dumping us into ad tier of Prime Video when we paid for ad free is unfair lawsuit. And then the sub headline, who could have possibly predicted this backlash? Uh, anybody who's been who's heard the word in shitification before. I just find it to be funny. This is a lawsuit that was filed saying that the move to charging Prime members an additional two ninety nine a month was, quote, deceptive unfair and contrary to plaintiff and class members reasonable expectations it's like no so okay deceptive unfair and contrary to reasonable expectations so what you're saying is totally the playbook for silicon valley for everybody though i mean this yeah all Every, of the other yeah. streaming services i believe i think we've seen stories on all of them I, I'm just saying up. for the purpose of judging Amazon, Seattle is in the Silicon Valley. You know, yes, that, right? this is absolutely true. But here's the thing. It's an extra two ninety nine a month. Would anybody have noticed? I mean, I'll play devil's advocate here. I mean, I don't believe Amazon is completely perfect in everything, but Amazon could have very easily added three bucks more a year or three bucks more a month. So that would be another thirty six bucks. They could have added another 36 bucks to your overall Amazon prime and said, everything's the same. Everybody would have paid it. I know, but this is because they're like, you know what? You don't have to pay it. Only pay the extra $3 a month. If you really use the video and don't want to see ads. Well, I do think that it was kind of shitty to just dump everybody into ads by default. I like, would agree. Like one day, like I, I was watching what, what was this uh, reacher? which is in fact uh, Amazon prime only and a fantastic series that I would recommend, except now you, it's hard to watch without ads, but Piracy. I watched, I watched seven episodes of that and stopped. And the next day I went to watch the last one and it had two <laughs> ad breaks that just 
cut in and fucked up the flow of the episode. Oh yeah, because they're not like there in any. Oh yeah, they're not pre roll. They're not. They're not trying to ease into this like other streaming services. They're like, nope, fuck you. We're going to cut right into the middle of it multiple times and show you ads. Which again, I'm done with that. Like I can't. And oh, by the way, here's here is the greatest thing, and I consider this to be a massive epic fuck up on Amazon's part, but they don't care. My household does pay the extra three dollars a month. For no ads. They are available on my wife's Amazon account. But if I log in on my account, which is connected to Prime, I get Prime streaming, I get Prime shipping, I don't, I still get ads. So you don't, everything uh, that's part of that, oh yeah, they'll give you everything but the extra. So yeah, that if makes I want sense. to watch without ads, it is not good enough to log in. As me, I can't, you know, they, they are not willing to collect data on Ryan Bemrose and still allow me any benefits. The only way that I can get no ads is to either actually pay $6 a month, one for each of our accounts. They, okay. So they or, will take this. They're not like, well, you're a husband and wife. You're at the same address. You're obviously prime. This is obviously a fuck up. No, we want $3 from everybody that's attached. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I also forever have never had access to any of the shows that she has purchased for her digital library. Now insert how I feel about digital libraries, but she doesn't really care, <laughs> but she has a bunch of movies that uh, she has paid actual money using the buy now button or whatever. And I can't watch again without logging out as Ryan Bemrose and logging in as Dame Bemrose. And then I can watch anything that's in her digital library and I can see it without ads because we are paying for it. But by the way, Hey, Amazon, if you're trying to collect more data on people, stop making them screw up your accounts by logging in as other people. Just let me connect it. Yeah. Because the same household, that would make sense. Like just yeah, we, I, do is click a button. Yeah. We are in the same household. We are husband and wife. We have the same name. But for some reason, yeah. They don't want to give you the three bucks. Yeah, it's Bastards. it's worth three dollars a month for them to just decide to have a, a, a podcaster who hates them. What they should have just done is added it to the prime. Everybody would have paid it and then not have to worry about who, you know, if you're attached to the prime account, you get it. I, I mean, mean, of I, course, there'd be a few weeks of article after article about how Amazon is gouging everybody by raising the cost of prime. But people would pay it. The people that but people would, would pay, pay it, it and then they'd move on. And it's the same type of thing that Costco pulls because they do the same kind of marketing with Amazon. I have to look at everything. You know, if you're going to be fair, if you get one of their credit cards, which if you're an Amazon Prime member, as much as I hate all of this stuff, if you're an Amazon Prime member and you don't have their credit card, then you're paying 5% more across the board for everything you buy yes. at Amazon. And so you have to add that in. It's like, okay, but they're giving you this, but then they're nickel and diming you here, but they're giving you the money back here and you have to figure out what's worth it and what's not. When it comes to the video, for somebody who never really watches Amazon video at all, and I was looking, I was trying to find and I downloaded one and it didn't seem to work. I'm like, there have to be programs out there that will allow you to download whatever the hell you want from Amazon because they exist for everything. 
There, there are programs that allow you to download whatever the hell you want. It's called uh, BitTorrent. Well, that's different, but I mean directly from <laughs> Amazon. So rather than finding a torrent, I can just go to Amazon if they've got it on Amazon Prime and I have an account because you still have to log in. These things kind of act as a browser and then do whatever they do to capture the, you know. Are we talking screen? like a YTDL utility? Because I'm certain that exists. Yeah, I'm sure. Just like a, uh, exactly. Because it's great for YouTube and everything else where you can just put the URL in and boom, it grabs it and saves it locally, which you should do anyway, because they're probably going to disappear. Yeah. I I thought it was great when people were watching. I mean, probably millions of people watching Friends the first time Netflix was like, oh, gone. And people like, what? It was just here yesterday. You know, that yeah, happened to me with something not long ago. I was watching it. Yet, like, yet it, another reason why having local copies is far superior. Uh-huh. But for somebody who never watched the video, I'm like, well, if you're kind of giving me for all the people that want to sue Amazon for somebody who doesn't watch the video, them rather than just automatically charging me an extra two ninety nine a month, the fact that you're letting me opt in seems like a plus. Because I'm like, well, I don't want that anyway. So and, at least and then incentivizing you to opt in because one day you're watching your regular stuff and the next day the experience is totally ruined by ad. And these aren't even ad, good ads because Amazon's ad. Amazon's department for selling ads is apparently very new and can't like like when I was watching this, I got a house ad and uh, the kind of thing that I would expect on a on a uh, like a website um, casino or something. Oh, okay. Like, well, then what I want to know is how much for an ad. We should be doing a grumpy old Ben's ads for Amazon. Maybe people, we should. People watching Amazon Prime and all of a sudden their content. There's nothing's going to make people happier than but their content. But it's probably not stopping. worth it because everybody who's not paying the extra $3 a month for no ads is probably rage quitting right now. And then they're not going to donate to us because they're cheap sons of bitches. Yeah, well, because Amazon's taking all of their money. They right. would have donated $3.99 a month to us. I blame Amazon. No, I give people all the good advice. Like Amazon, if you could buy, again, as long as you have the Amazon credit card. Yes. But now when In I fact, buy it. Right there. That's. They want it. Well, they can track everything. That's the beauty of it for them. Worth the cost of of listening to Grumpy Old Ben's right there. Go get yourself an Amazon card, save 5% and send it to us. Exactly. That 5%. My wife likes to buy all the Lego. You know what? Lego doesn't have 5% back. But you know what Amazon has? Lego gift cards. And if I pay with my fucking Amazon credit card, you know what I get? 5% back. Oh, wait, wait. Your Amazon card is fucking now? Yes. You pay more for that, that mean, or less? Well, I don't know. The question is, are you going to get like little Amazon cards that you can then sell on eBay? They start propagating make, around. It's, it's a whole yeah. system. You get a house full of Amazon cards. You're like, oh, you guys. It's all a scam. I just find it funny that people actually got together and are filing a fucking lawsuit about somebody uh, raising their price. It's like, you're fucking out of your mind. You're people, never going to win this. People file lawsuit over the most amazingly stupid shit. For example, I have an article from Ars Technica about a class action lawsuit against Amazon. Ooh, another. Uh, Yeah. Uh, People filing a lawsuit against Amazon because their buy box, which is the, the, you know, Amazon recommends box, I think. I'm not exactly certain what this is, but I think it's the, you know, the, the, Things that Amazon pushes, the recommends, the little, the ones with the little cardboard box next to it. You know what I'm talking about? The M. I know they have like an, right. There's always one 
thing when you do a search that's like Amazon recommends a little yeah, extra icon. Exactly. That yeah, that little Amazon recommends this. Uh, okay, so here is which, by the way, um, th- there are stats at least outlined in the article that uh, it turns out that a very large portion of Amazon sales come from whatever item that is. So apparently it's very effective. Great. Well, here's what the suit, the lawsuit alleges. The Amazon algorithm is not giving people the best deals when they recommend things with that box. No surprise. Sometimes a better deal is available, but is not recommended. And people are being built out of their hard-earned cash because they're clicking on what Amazon recommends instead of searching through and finding a better deal. <laughs> oh. uh, from Ars Technica, the class action was filed by two California-based longtime Amazon customers. It gives their names. Both feel that Amazon willfully and deceptively tricked them and hundreds of millions of U.S. customers into purchasing the featured item in the buy box when better deals existed. This is the basis of a class action lawsuit. This is why our court system is overloaded. Yeah. It's <laughs> the way somebody in the case of the video is raising prices. In that case, it's the way yeah. an online retailer is showing you things. And we know, I mean, unless you're living under a rock, you realize that Amazon has house brands, which if they, you know, if you search for batteries, well, you're going to get the Amazon house brand first and foremost. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. It- and by the way, if if your complaint alleged, hey, you know, Amazon features only the items that are, you know, that make Amazon the most money, like you could almost not quite, but almost have a valid complaint about that. But complaining that, hey, I didn't get the best possible deal when I clicked on the thing you recommended and I couldn't be bothered to get off my ass and search for other products because the recommended thing is I'm so brainwashed into just clicking whatever the algo tells me that, that right. I can't believe I paid three cents more than I should have. It. Well, that's why I, I do think the one nefarious thing that Amazon's done for a long time was the just click only once one? and the whole thing is bought already. It's not go to the, go to the, you know, yes. verify, go to picking the credit card, making sure it's the whole one button and it's bought. That can get dangerous. It it can. And it's it, this is this is the price you pay to for the convenience of putting your. I mean, OK, admittedly, I'm not the primary purchaser of Amazon products in this household. But even when I was, I would never let them save my credit card. It, it, the the actual the act of having to type in that information each time I make a purchase is extra friction in the way of making a purchase. And you save money, the more friction you can put in the way of spending it. Right. You're like, do I really need this? Like, do I really need uh, an automatic Wi-Fi enabled dog washer? We all do. I mean, I don't have a dog. Right. (laughs) You got cats, though. They're close enough. Ice Cube Soup says he's ashamed that he has some of uh, the Amazon Basics lightning cables. Uh, I've had well, yeah, I mean, you Basics should be ashamed stuff. if you have that you have devices that use lightning cables. If you do, means you got but otherwise, Apple stuff, right? That's all. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I, I mean, in so much as you need lightning cables, Amazon's a great place to get it. And if you paid more by not shopping around, that is a, the cost of convenience. If yeah, you we, want to pay the absolute best price, and by the way, the 
to longtime Amazon customers from California. Listen up to Grumpy Old Ben's. If you want to find the absolute best price, you've got to shop around. The algo is not just going to hand it to you. The algo is not made for your benefit. The algo is made for the benefit of the people who wrote it. I can't believe I have to say this. Well, the beauty then are the people that will put browser add-ons that will do the comparison shopping for them and then not realize that all their data is going to this company. Yeah. Uh, like you got to know why they're nobody's doing anything just for your happiness. They're getting something out of it and you got to know what that is. The Amazon brands aren't bad. I've bought stuff because they're usually cheaper and they're usually fairly decent. So I have and they usually got- arrive at your doorstep without even have to step out of the door. Exactly. Well, it's like the mono price stuff, yeah. you know, that before- it's like a magical system. Mono price Ser- was doing this long before Amazon with their own you know, branded of stuff you would buy elsewhere, a lot more expensive. You get their version. It's cheaper and usually pretty good. Sure. Now, if it sucks, you don't buy it. I used to get cables at mono price all the time, not lightning cables because I wouldn't be caught dead with an Apple product, but cables. Now you just would put it in the drawer anyway. That's where the phone is. That's why it doesn't, you don't hear Yoko Ono screaming right now. The AI will let us know when it's time. Uh, I think it's time. It is. I don't even have an AI. We we have an AI. I don't. I don't have one. No. We need one. CSB, write us an AI. We he did that can do the show. I want no. Yeah, I want wait, the audio one. No, that's this is why we need to make sure that um, all two hundred forty six of the episodes end up in there. He's working on it. So he, did, that, he did say. Yeah, he said he's working on it. On it. So that that's all as soon as that's ready and it gets trained on our voices. I want to hear actually this is I I really do want to hear an episode of Grumpy Old Ben's made entirely by AI as imagined by AI. It'll pick yeah, the topics. Yeah, pick the topics, write the script, say it in our voices. That would be amazing. I mean it'll suck, but it would be amazing to listen to. No, but here's the question. I'm assuming what you would actually need is two separate AIs, one of you and one of me, and then they think they're talking to humans, but they're two yeah. AIs just going this imagine oh, the maybe. data. And and you need I don't know if AI is capable of this. Like there are some really advanced things that you can only get from humans, but you would have to program the AI to interrupt and talk over each other all the time too. Right. If it was polite, it wouldn't work. Yeah. And and to Constantly be making offhanded comments and not really listening to the other person, except every once in a while they are. I mean, there's a lot of nuance. Oh, I just wanted to mention this one too. Oh for for the Super Bowl, I thought this was an interesting stat. Verizon subscribers, so people watching the you know the football game on their devices through Verizon. How much data do you think Verizon subscribers used on Super Bowl Sunday? Um, seven, fifty two point three four terabytes of data that I have no context by which to compare that number, but I, I believe it. I guess the question is what would an average day be, right? That's yeah. maybe it says, uh, it was up uh 9.4% over the previous super bowl. I mean, I, I have to believe that no small number of people were streaming video of the game uh, via some app onto their phones oh and also uh, 
50.5% of the 61,000 people were using. So people were watching the fucking game while they were at the fucking game. <laughs> I also believe that. <laughs> I, I, I honestly do. Because a lot of them want to, you know, here's the experience that you get when you're watching a, a sporting event in person is you get to see the game. Now, here's the experience you get when you're watching it on TV. You get to see the game over 80% of the screen with really flashy graphics and info boxes over the remainder of it that give you in great detail the entire state of it, like a, like a HUD in a console video game. And then you also don't hear the game. When you're, when you're in there, you hear the game, you hear the crowd. But that's not what you hear when you're watching it on TV. You hear some moron talking heads who may have once played the game once before and maybe not, but otherwise think that they know what the hell is going on and are just really operating on conjecture and what they see. So what you're getting is somebody is watching the game and telling you about it while some video plays underneath a bunch of infographics. And a lot of people think that that is superior to watching the game. Got to have the whole experience. I guess so. Did you, you know what I was doing during the Super Bowl? Sleeping or eating, delivering bacon? packages. Oh well, that's even better. I caught glimpses of the game and I caught hand, uh, I got the score as it was going on by looking in the window in the living room windows over and over. Creepy. Yeah, I know, <laughs> and I don't have. I have no regrets. It's the Amazon guy, peeping Tom, looking at. Hey, uh, you know, usually I would very loudly bounce the package off of the door so that they knew I was doing it. Uh huh. He's ignoring the couple fornicating on the couch. And he's like, no, I'm just looking at the, just want to see the score. Don't worry. I, I'm your Amazon. Guy. I, I, you can believe I was ignoring that. DigiGuru posted a link to a Breitbart story. Taylor Swift fans urge her to break up oh, with you Travis said the name. else after red flag behavior at Super Bowl. Not safe. People are way too tied up in celebrities, personal lives. But I will say, Taylor, if you're looking for somebody that's a little more mature than Travis Kels, same height. Scraggly she beard. was only going out with him for the inevitable breakup so that she could write another song. We all know that. Hey, I've got more than a song for you, Taylor. Call me. Oh, my God. We've just turned into unrelenting. It's we're done. <laughs> show said, is over. I mean, for today or forever. <laughs> it, 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 the shark has been jumped. It doesn't matter. I'm Fonzie and I'm, I'm out. I'm, we're done. <laughs> you said the name. We cannot sink any lower. Oh, really? You don't think leather jacket and speedos while jumping a shark could go even that next week? And Maybe no next beds. week. Yeah. Wednesday. We got to save some content for the next show at 1 p.m. Central time. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where I blame DigiGuru. And from America's left coast, I'm Ryan Bemrose, and it is now safe to turn off your computer.